Hey everyone, Dan Levi here and welcome to the New Net Podcast, the podcast where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Our guest for today is a young producer and DJ who's been getting a lot of attention on social media lately and also has been doing a lot of interesting things in general creatively uh, within the creative scene in PNG. So yeah, please make welcome Mr. Sheldon Midira, aka SHLD. Hi guys, what up? What's happening? Um, Yeah, I'm Sheldon. I'm also known as SHLD. Oh, you can call me Shelly, refer to me as my my sound tag name that's kind of i'm really pushing hard like marketing wise but yeah glad to be on the show now sheldon for the sake of our listeners and viewers who may not know who you are could you just tell us a bit more about yourself um hi guys i'm a producer i'm from miss new britain manus and central province and yeah i'm really passionate about music i also dj i've started recently djing i'm shout out to rich anthony for giving me all my lessons um i haven't i'm not really an in-house dj yet i'm more of like uh if you guys need a dj on the day i'll be there but yeah i'm just around providing my services to any clients who message me now uh i have to ask music is uh one of those art forms that uh, usually takes a while for people to get the hang of and i'm i'm very i'm always very curious whenever i run into musicians i, I tend to ask um uh, when did you first start getting into music? Was this something that you were just naturally found yourself aligning with, or did this was this like given to you uh, more recently? It's funny. My dad, my dad was a DJ, but he wasn't really like one of those big DJs. He he was like more of a sound system kind of guy. He had the sound system, so he'd go to events and play music. So music was always there. He had a huge collection of music as well. So I I just grew up around a really musical family. They were always there. So. So how it started was so that was in t- 2012. My mom got me the iPad, and the iPad was new at that time. So I I used to just use it for games, and you know I was a 12 year old. I used to just use it for games and stuff until there was one this one time I downloaded GarageBand. I started messing around, download um making tracks on it. My tracks were whack, man. Honestly, like compared to now, hmm, I, I I cringe at myself. But yeah, I used to think they were great. So that that was like garage band days. So that's when my influence in music started like growing, like especially the passion for creating something. And then in grade nine to twenty fifteen, my friend Warwick Fehi, thank you, bro, he gave me the software FL Studio, and that's when I started getting like heavy into it. And I used to like, oh my gosh, I used to stay up all night. I had assignments and stuff. I'd stay up all night just working on music. And my mom was like, "Do you have like homework?" I was like, "Yeah," but then like. Yeah, honestly, my music just, it just grew on me, honestly. Like, since then, it's just, like, it's just there. It's a hobby. I, I'd use it to, like, you know, get around, pass by time. And I I used to, I don't know why I used to prioritize it a lot when mom used to stress more in my school, but, yeah, it is what it is, eh? Oh, man, no, I, I know exactly, and for, I know exactly how that feels, man. Uh, now, you said that you started when you were 12 years old, or at least uh, started to get an idea of like yeah. making music. And I want to ask, when did you start taking it a bit more seriously and then start like posting up online the stuff you made? Okay. When I started taking it seriously. So that's a tough one. Those, there were two points in my like life where I started taking it seriously. The funny one is I, I took medical school <laughs> for the first three years of my life. I mean, like uni life after high school, and then I made a decision. I talked to mom and dad that I didn't want to do that. So I, basically, I'm like in a family. I'm sort of known as the the child that left medical school to make music. <laughs> but yeah, it was like that was like a huge point, like mm-hmm. in my life, like making a decision like that. Oof. Like 
all that there was so much doubt and stuff but yeah i won't really talk about that side because you can outgrow all the doubt like if you keep doing something passionately and then the second one was when dion combat and kali d he messaged me that's when my remixes started popping off and he messaged me and was like bro do you sell tracks i would i would, I would be willing to buy tracks and i didn't sell tracks then and i was like wait people actually buy tracks so it was like new to me So he I asked, he I I asked how much do your producers usually usually charge you and he was just like 300 400 kina I'm like what I I can do it for free but so yeah that's when Dion started messaging me for beats and Dion and Rich Anthony they reached out to me they kept like getting like you know so that's when I started taking it seriously so that was just one time that like it just that that sparked like I should just do this like Dion picked me up from my house we were still like newly friends And he picked me up and he brought me to Sean Ray's studio and like I, I used to idolize Sean Ray, bro. So I went into the studio and like I was like talking so much, like I was like, bro, I can't wait to meet Sean Ray. I'm like an idol. I was telling Dion, but as soon as we got in there, bro, mouth mouth closed. I didn't say a word, bro. I was just too nervous. I just watched him do his thing and I was just like shocked, like that's Sean Ray. What the heck? I'm in the I'm in the studio with Sean Ray, so I was just watching him do his thing. But yeah, that those two points in my life are where I realized, yeah. I kind of want to push this side of my career, my music up. Man, oh, that's such an interesting thing you mentioned earlier about having that that conversation with your parents and yeah. just the stepping away from school. Uh, was it? I I am curious because I I have to say that I'm also someone who has been down that path similarly. Like I was in school and uni at one point, and then I decided to step away and focus on like my creative stuff. Yeah. So I'm curious. Was it more of a Like, did you find medical school particularly challenging, and you decided to put it away, or was it more of a uh, an, an an interest thing that you didn't just really you didn't really feel like you wanted to do it? So, leading up to my choice into taking up medical school in high school, like you know the grade twelve exam period and all this, you have to make all your choices. I just there was a there was an option to change your subject choice. Um, I mean your course choice. What uni you're going to? Like last minute, you have a grace period. After the exams and like when you get your results, so I saw my results mm-hmm. and I got a my GPA was really like I mean it was a nice GPA I liked it, and me being me I was like dumb and I was like since I have a good GPA I think I should do this, I didn't base it on <laughs> what I was interested in, so I kind of mm-hmm. saw that like after a while of taking medicine I was like yeah no nah, that was dumb, I I learned that the hard way so I went through medical school medical school was fun actually it was nice everyone there but people were like really serious about and i was really mm. i was i wasn't too serious about it that's why i was part of the reason i made my choices into drifting away from medical school because i think in that area you probably need to be really careful and serious about it and i and then me mm. my choices in choosing it wasn't ethical towards that so i was like no that's i shouldn't do this it's not good plus i enjoyed making music so that transition to it for me was easier but for everyone who helped me through that choice i'm not right. sure if they took it like yeah like my parents like what are you doing yeah I was like that um i kind of want to do this so but after a while my parents like and they started they started accepting and appreciating that i'm making i'm making a living from music making my little coin from the selling music djing and stuff but yeah that's how it transpired Now Sheldon, uh, just uh, turning things back to more of the music side of things. I am curious in those early days, and even in your garage band days, yeah. uh, what was uh, what was some of the genres of music that you immediately tried to start making? 
Okay, so <laughs> my garage band days, I have no idea what genres those were. Honestly, I just I don't know where to put there's probably a new genre on there and we'll find out if we go through them later on. But on FL, the FL studio, it was in a time where Matoma was popping off. Uh. So like we all all my friends were like tropical house music, house music. So I try to replicate as much. We'd use the saxophones and all these flutes and just try try to like do do the best matoma beat and we'd rate each other we'd scale like bro your beats okay this one we'd listen to them in the classroom we're not allowed to bring phones to school but lunchtime we'd one of my friend would pull out his phone and we'd listen to all our demos and we'd laugh i mean we wouldn't laugh we, t- we thought they were good back then they probably i don't know we'll have to listen to them but yeah that's that's a, that's the type of music i used to make yeah it was tropical house and i sort of drifted towards trap a bit but never really caught on to me oh man now I'm also curious. Uh, you've been uh, since like very recently. You've been getting a lot more serious with your music, and uh, being a producer and everything that comes with it. And I'm curious, uh, what does your usual day-to-day life look like? And I think uh, you mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording. Now you're actually working, uh, working with uh, Dion now. Yeah, Dion actually. Dion and Richard actually used to bring me around to the office, Tribe Agency, to help with tracks for some shows and stuff so after a while of just consistently going um yeah dion and richard and the guys in office they asked me to just join them on a casual basis and after yeah a few few production jobs and stuff yeah i'm just like uh there's a production assistant now helping dion out wherever i can but yeah that's what i do on the daily but as for music production it's usually when i'm free after hours so i just get to it straight when i get back from work man no because whenever i see your stuff posted up or all the video clips that you have of yourself like doing your thing it's always like I, I love the setup and the lighting and everything and i think my my favorite video of yours that i saw was uh you teaching your friend oh, how to use wow. that <laughs> That's my friend Gaius. Yeah, about that video. He came over one time. He came. He just came randomly and it was like I was making tracks that time and he came and walked in and I was like he was like, "Bro, sick beat." And I was like, "Bro, you should try make one." And then I also got my my iPhone at the same time, so I really wanted to shoot videos on my iPhone. So I said, "Bro, let's do a, let's do a funny video. I'll teach you as much as I can in this like in this space I can and you try make a beat." So he just we got down to it. I told him the like the basis. You do this first: drums, bass. And he's like, okay. I want it to sound like this. Okay, then do this. So we kind of filmed the whole process, and I edited it on my phone, and we posted it just just for laughs. But yeah, that was story behind that oh, video. Man. And I think my favorite part was when like you told him <laughs> to remove the layers of bass because you don't <laughs> layer bass. <laughs> yeah, bro. He had his like three layers of bass. Like, well, okay. Ah, oh, man. And I think that's that's one interesting thing uh, to notice because uh, when like people who don't make music uh, don't realize that a lot goes into making just a yeah. track alone. And I think uh, could you just speak a bit about like what your process is and like what uh, like mentally how you go into creating a new track. So my thought process into building something from scratch, mm-hmm. like something out of nothing. So first, I'm I usually. I create chords because chords they give the vibe and the feel of a track the chords so first you get chords and you like how what emotion you want the people to feel when they listen to the chords or the song and then after you get the chords right like you just get all really vibey with the chords after you get the chords done 
you um sort of choose what genre you want those chords mm. to be and this that's what i do in my head like oh this chords would go good with a reggae reggae beat or an afro beat something like that so i was like okay i start thinking what genre and then on the basis of genre um i i do my drums because drums they that's that's kind of a really distinct feature between genres so i do the drums so i can go like uh afro drum drum loops start dragging them in and then matching them to the chords and after i get that done that's when all the melodies start kicking in you get all the melodies out and yeah you just start adding flutes it's just like afterwards it's just like freestyle you just start adding stuff until it sounds right and then you go into fine tuning which is the last bit but yeah that's my process you start off with chords choose what genre you're gonna do those chords in drums and then start going crazy with everything the bass and everything they they come under the chords so mm-hmm. that's that's how I, that's my process it's pretty simple if you ask me like <laughs> the thought process oh man that's so cool and that's like from scratch yeah man because i've because i've seen i've also seen your your mashups and the like yeah. this artist uh, this artist cross this artist <laughs> and i know uh, so like some of them are like really really good and i'm, I'm curious like in in your opinion uh what do you think uh makes a good mashup song i i'm not too much of a judge for remixes i just make them for fun but like if i was to i i, I let i usually like post it and i like if people start liking mm. them okay I'm like okay this one's doing well i should finish it but my thought process behind it and what 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 you need in a good mashup you don't really need too much you just need like firstly a good track a good track that's all you need you just need a good track behind it and after you get all the different songs that would match that track you just listen to music collect collect do your research and then you start extracting acapellas the vocals and you start matching them matching melodies you can't do a uh like two different melodies in one same chord line you have to like just mm. ma- make it make sense i'm like i don't know it's more like to do with your listening you listen yeah this would go well with this part of the song so you just drag and drop till you get good like a really good sounding melody with all the vocals together man and i think yeah like i said uh, this is something that uh people who ma- i know that the, this particular episode might be something that a lot of the uh, music uh, makers out there might want to be getting interested yeah, in or be have more of an ear for and maybe they'll understand what you're saying a lot more I think I might, me myself I, I come from more of a visual arts background but I do mm. a lot of my friends make music so like I do understand to a very surface level uh, your explanations on these things but no yeah no a lot of this yeah no a lot of thought goes into making these things and one thing I've, I've always been fascinated about is another thing that people might not get is how long it takes to make a song like making a song doesn't take as much time as how long the actual song is it yeah. takes a while yeah especially pro- like production starting starting the first the first night you make a track it's not ready yet like you'll think it's mm. ready you'll have like that, that excitement of like having a really nice track ready it's it's like lying to you you'll you have to <laughs> sleep wake up and listen to it again that's when your ears are ready for listening because sometimes like you make a nice track when you sleep, you wake up the next morning. You listen to it again, like, what is this? This is this is nothing like what I heard yesterday. So you go through it again. It's like, okay, this is because the bass is too punchy. I get rid of mm. the bass. The melody is not working with the chords. Change the melody. So it's like conflicting thoughts every time you really every every time you really listen to the track over and over again. So you just have to keep listening. So it takes a pretty like really long time unless you have like let's say you're working with artists like mm. f- for like when i work with dion he gives me chords 
and then he sits with me and we get those chords right and then he goes works on his vocals and then mm. i'll start building the track from what he tells me and he comes back with his vocals and he listens to the track again so we just like give each other space come back bro i think this is too punchy he tells me and i was like okay i'll ch- switch that out until we we come to an agreement on like everything we just release the track well that's that's usually what how long it takes so probably you can build a track like if you're really confident about a track you can build it in like probably one or two hours but if you really want to get something mm. really good i'd say just go through it for weeks months just keep listening to it you'll, you'll get bored of it after a while but the one the people who haven't heard it yet like they they don't know like it's gonna be banging for them so just keep working on it just fine-tuning until you get it right i think you yeah, know that's 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 one thing that's always fascinated me about uh, music production especially um when i was younger i watched this uh, documentary of uh, lincoln park when okay. they were making i think the their second album and then they were talking about the pressures of like we haven't written we haven't finished the, li- the lyrics for this song Ooh. or we have like we, this deadline or the final version of the song has to be in this studio by this time and then the, like the crunch like they were talking yeah. about the crunch of just producing music and i think uh, then that's another bit people don't understand that a lot of yeah. effort and pressure goes into the making pressure builds things. up like when there's deadlines but mm. usually when there's no deadlines that's where all the procrastination begins but then mm. you, like we like as a producer you have to like push push out your tracks send them to the artists get them like get them getting creative as well so i, I like send tracks to d bro listen to this it's kel so he's like bro i could do I, I could do something with this i send it to rich anthony as well bro try to something else. he writes his own stuff just to push the creativity so we get tracks done because there's usually no deadlines into mm. creative content like because it's like more of like your stuff it's not not to, not to do with any big clients or corporate clients it's like your stuff if you want to push your content you have to really push it like go out and get it done so you keep bringing it up in conversations bro should we, should we finish this track <laughs> we don't have a deadline but like i really want to finish it and push out this song because yeah it's what you do for fun mm. and like passion you're passionate about it so there's really no deadlines you just have to really push yourself the only time i give myself deadlines with my mashups are when i tell them i'm releasing it on friday (laughs) and then everyone is commenting like bro drop 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 release release and i was like okay friday i I tell them friday and then it puts pressure on myself again and i was like okay i told them friday so i have to drop it on Mm. friday so that's the only pressure i face like when i tell them when i give a release date sometimes the track is not even like halfway complete and i say friday because like i trust that <laughs> tonight i'll finish it but no tonight i'll finish it. i keep doing that until the on friday uh, night thursday night, like, <laughs> thursday night i'm just like okay let me just put this there arrange arrange as long as i got the basis right in the start the first snippet of the track let's do that again <laughs> in relation to that in the, in those instances where there isn't a deadline i i am curious uh when would you say like because there's no deadline and there's no pressure to get a yeah. track done and when you're approaching the like the finish line with actually like you know completing the song uh when do you know when you are done and happy with the song bro you just know um, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> like what so usually what what how you how we do it how i do it like in production when the beat is like three minutes or four minutes that's uh, that's like that's that's like standard time mm-hmm. so i said I, I always make the beat up to three minutes or four minutes and that's when i know the track is done but like make starting up a track it's like i just do like at least a 30 second snippet the idea is there close the project i go back go go away rest come back 
and then that's when you start because as long as the basis is there like the idea is there, you can always drag copy paste what you have over here and just make it three minutes long you just have to mm -hmm. get the arrangement right right like verses uh, like intro mm -hmm. chorus verse chorus outro just like that as long as you get the arrangement right and the duration of the track i reckon the track should be done in in my opinion man no because I, I know that feeling when like especially do you have those moments where you want to be a perfectionist and you're like ah, this could just sound a bit better maybe i should try it with this <laughs> instrument or change something <clears throat> up um i only f i only feel that way when i'm producing with other people and we have conflicting uh, ideas but if i'm doing my own stuff it's like you don't the, the perfectionist thought doesn't even come in because i'm already doing it so i only push for us like particular sound when i'm working with someone else mm -hmm. so yeah when if i'm working by myself i already know what i want so it's not really about perfecting what you want it's like more like it's like what you want but like um whatever you feel is right for you a right for the track so when i'm working with someone else it's like you have conflicting thoughts he wants something like this and i want that so kind of you kind of like sometimes you just keep quiet about it you don't say it later when you have working on a project you change it and you show it, bro that does that sound any better and, oh yeah it sounds nice but then he'd probably prefer his own way to do it so that's how yeah my thought process behind that now uh sheldon moving on a bit uh on to the uh the djing side of things you mentioned earlier that this is something that you've only uh recently uh dipping your toe in and uh, i am curious uh, how have you been finding that yeah djing djing is fun it's really fun and it's like it's it's like it's cool because i got one of my close friends rich anthony to give me mm -hmm. tutorial lessons so i go over to his place and he's telling me how to beat match transition you might think it's just changing one song to another that's what i thought as well but it's not you have to match beats match tempos match chords make sure the audience is like read your audience the crowd make sure they're feeling the music if you play one wrong song and everyone's back sitting down you know doing your job right that's how you that's our expectations of a dj that's what i've learned over the past few the past year of just putting myself out there and djing like I put myself on a spot. I tried to learn it as much. I actually did a gig, a DJ gig, my first gig, and I used that money to buy myself one of the DJ decks. And I've been practicing since last year, September, just working on my craft transitions. So I always send um, videos to Richard, like mm -hmm. of my transitions. He'd rate them just to assure myself that I'm doing the right thing. And then I go do them live. Like live, it's like, like you can't afford to make mistakes because like same person uh, <laughs> you don't want to look mm. bad on especially if you're like marketing yourself you might market yourself wrongly like oh he's a good dj on camera but in real life uh, so you have to try your best that's that's where the perfection perfectionist side of it mm -hmm. comes in for me i try to make sure the transitions are right i'm still really new to this so uh, the other djs who are watching this i'm sorry but like this is like me learning um as much as i can and trying to transition from music production to um djing i'm trying to fit them both in how i want to market my brand as hld but yeah mm. it's it's kind of after a while i it, it you do it without realizing so I've, i'm at that stage where beat match and transitioning songs is sort of like it's easy now like i can do it if you tell me to beat match this song to this song i can i can probably show you how to do it but yeah that's basically my transitioning transitioning to learning how to be a dj but thank you rich anthony for all the lessons man 
He's he's a mad DJ. If you guys need a DJ for oh. events. Oh yeah, oh I know. I know. he's he's a very you couldn't be learning <laughs> from anyone better from personal experience. There was an event yeah that my friends and I went to and we found it very hard to leave. Oh wow. Because this guy was reading the <laughs> audience so well, played the right songs. We we literally That's found gay. it hard to leave because we were we were literally it, it took all of our willpower. Yeah. As we were driving out of the venue, we could still hear him playing our favorite <laughs> songs. If if I was a weaker man, I would have just U-turned and went U-turned. back. I'm always the U-turn guy. I'm back at it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Ah, uh, I I am curious though. Uh, on the production side of things, you mentioned you recently got the deck. Uh, yeah. How, how how much did it cost and where did you get it? So I I've been, I was trying to order the. DJ deck online but mm-hmm. then I saw the shipping and stuff costed like a ton and I was like I am not wasting money just to get it shipped over so I mm-hmm. I had relatives it's not really wasting money but like I didn't want to pay that much money especially since it was a small package it was I didn't get like a really huge mm. I got like the really ones for like basics and beginners so I messaged my grandfather who lives in Townsville I said granted would you be able to help me ship this over and he was like yeah, I'm coming over in September. You c- I can just pay for it and bring it down with me. Oh, easy. So I sent him over the money and he got me that deck. He came over and I was so excited. I unboxed it. I did an unboxing video, everything. <laughs> posted it on TikTok. Started working. I did. Um, I started try to try to do some transitions. I was really really <laughs> bad transitions, but lucky they're not on video. But yeah, I can also. Uh sympathize with that experience trying to ship things over yourself is a, <laughs> it's a hassle when you're a creative person in png and what you're creative with is electronic and yeah. just trying to get things into png is it's a whole work around and uh, I'm, I'm glad at least you have a, had a more yeah. convenient way of getting your stuff uh now you mentioned earlier tiktok and i think uh this would be probably be my last question to you for yeah. the interview uh how has your experience been with uh being a producer on social media okay that that's like sort of big for me so i wasn't too much of the guy that to put like myself out there mm-hmm. i'm more like post group photos mm-hmm. that stuff i wouldn't post a selfie like i was like that guy in um probably uni i'd probably post group photos just one one selfies every now and then so putting myself out there and just actually doing videos of me mm. showing off my music was like a huge transition especially on TikTok and then so when I started like with my first uh, first ever remixes I'd like I used to post um the cover arts I'd edit them myself and I'd put my photos and then with the remix titles at the top and then I f- realized that they started popping off they started getting like one of my my first ever remixes got like 1k views and I I thought that was big in in union as guys like a 1k I got 1k views and then after years of just trying to like market my remixes like consistently just doing the same thing every remix just trying to market it again mm. get it out get it viral like that's that's your goal I, I try to make my remixes go viral so i write concepts and creative stuff about how people could use the sounds and how i could push them so that's when i started that's when i started like doing more like tiktok i said tiktok is the algorithms like really looks it looks pretty simple simple like going viral you just have to do something else that no one else is doing so i started like like people would post i saw other producers posting the the album uh, cover arts of their remixes too so i said okay let's i'll try to go one step further and i'll take a video of me reacting to my own track how would people like because i did some research and i said 
uh, the research was like, if people are more intrigued when they see a person reacting to something on a video. So I started incorporating more of like me, like just like putting myself out there. Like it was tough. I didn't like really putting myself mm. out there in videos. And then that's that um, kind of led to me purchasing my first, this is my first investment. I got a phone to make videos, like literally just to make videos and push my um, remixes out there. So I started building content off this phone. I edit on it. I write, take down notes, do my concepts, how I'd want like people to feel when they listen to it. Like I at first and like I test it out on myself, yeah, it gives me this vibe. And then I'd do a similar video to see if people react like the same way. And then I'll push that sort of idea and then people use my sounds on mm-hmm. TikTok and that's how it get like gathers more traction and the sound goes viral. Like one of my tra- tracks, uh, Kiss Me More, I posted it. Um that was the one that really popped off. And one someone, I think Theodore, one of his dance teachers, he did a tiktok dance to it and then now everyone was doing that and it has over like 800 or 900 videos using the sound on tiktok i was like thank you so that's when i figured out that tiktok is like the best way to push push my music so i started doing more the camera here me reacting to my beats everyone listening to the beats as well as seeing my face react to it and then they sort of share it comment bro when is this releasing and another thing why i also pushed like being on my videos and on my album cover is like I want people to know who like SHLD is. Like if you some there's some producers you hear their name but you don't know what they look like. I didn't wanna have that confusion with my brand SHLD. So I like wanna put my face on all my stuff so people like can know like I'm the image of SHLD. So yeah, that's basically behind my TikTok experience Man. and social media. Man, cause kid, no, cause kid, TikTok is crazy. I think. Yeah. What's it called? You, I think you, you saw my stuff on TikTok. Yeah, I love this guy stuff. It's like uh, just putting, putting stuff on. Especially, I think I was, I think I spoke this, I spoke about this to Travis as well. Our last guest, yeah. we have him, we had him on. Travis. Like the man. that, like you just mentioned earlier, the algorithm for TikTok is just, it, it, it just works a lot better. It works a lot better than Instagram and definitely Facebook. I tried I tried posting, pushing my stuff on Facebook and it's a bit slower than Instagram mm. and TikTok. But yeah, TikTok's algorithm is like mad, bro. You could I mean, you have to put a, like some effort into it, but like those little videos that you feel like if you post on Instagram, it would go viral, but you'd have second thoughts. But then you'd post it on TikTok and you'll definitely know that it's definitely going to circulate. So that's like TikTok's algorithm is growing really well uh, so also on instagram they kind of introduced the same thing with the highlight reels or something the reels mm-hmm. so it's similar to tiktok you're just scrolling and coming across similar videos to what you like yeah no i'd, I'll advise now have have a have a look at reels it's a lot like tiktok and yeah. you'll get a lot more views than uh, just posting it up was on instagram but yeah just just have a have a look at reels just yeah. give reels a go ah oh, man but uh sheldon yes i think we've come to the end of the interview thank you so much for your time man and uh before we go uh just let the good people know where they can find you um follow me on instagram shldnmdre i'm sure it's gonna be on the screen somewhere yeah just follow me on instagram you'll find my tiktok and my youtube on my instagram so all right thank you sheldon again for your time and uh yeah that's it for this episode of the new net podcast thank you very much for watching and we'll see you in the next one peace out